0: Is the unconventional education show all right well first of all i'm fired up today because we have a badass guest who has done so much <laughs> I love it, man. I, I was I was looking for something like that before we started the recording. I was I was hoping that I could get some effects in. So you just took care of that job for me. But I got it. <laughs> um, I think it would probably be easiest to list off the things that you haven't done or accomplished yet. But uh, to give you guys a little background on our guest today, he's well, a great man. I can answer
1: that for you. What I didn't do is ever do bad business, ever disrespect anybody, ever scam anybody, ever lie to anybody or ever do anybody wrong. So I'll tell you, it's in my professional career, those are things that I have not done. So now you can go on with the things that I've done.
0: All oh, right, Beautiful, beautiful. I love that and respect the hell out of that. So give you guys a little background. I'm excited to just get right into this one. But Today, I have with me the Grammy-nominated, multi-platinum DJ, producer, and songwriter responsible for selling over 75 million records. He's worked with artists like Beyonce, Eminem, Kanye, Rick Ross, Diddy, Lady Gaga, and so many more. He's the author of How to Win Big in the Music Business, and he's the co-founder of esports lifestyle gaming brand Xset. And overall, just an innovator, a hustler, and this man gets shit done. And I'm just excited to have someone like him on the show because he goes perfectly with the message that we bring to the audience.
1: Thank you, guys. I love this,
0: man. I love this. Thank you. So today I have with me
1: the Clinton Sparks, man. Thank you for hopping on the show. Get familiar. Thank you for having me, John. I appreciate it. Live from Connecticut, live from L.A. Let's get them familiar, man.
0: Yeah, man. New England, and you're from Boston, so you're, you're familiar yep. with the, the time of year up here. But yeah, man, you know, I actually just heard on an interview we are talking about you're a big sock guy, and I think one of my main aspirations as an entrepreneur is to never have to wear the same pair of socks twice. That's like what, one of my driving forces out here.
1: You know, it's funny when, you know, being on the road on my rider for DJing, um i started saying man i should just start asking for disposable razors because they're so expensive that if i can just get them at every show i'll be like set for the for years and i'll never have to buy this i need to deal with like gillette or somebody like that where i never have to buy razors doesn't razors way too expensive why are they so expensive all i'm doing is cutting the hair off why is it 29 dollars for like four razors I, i just don't understand it
0: I think the whole thing's a sham too, because I think they add all these blades in that are unnecessary. I feel like we just got to go back to that single, single blade. I feel like that's all that you need.
1: If it worked since the start of time, why did we need to like create more? It already is working. What, how, do you, how do you cut the hair off even more? It's already gone. <laughs> I don't understand it. I mean, there's some, anyways, the I like the mock three. To. <laughs> yeah, exactly. there's a lot of questions that the world needs answers to that we'll never get. And, and speaking of that, there's a lot of uh, answers that people need that they'll never get, and they go through their whole life, um, you know, creating these obstacles, these hurdles for them to become successful, or win, or do the things that's going to make them happy, because they're stuck uh, in this world of trauma or um, dilemma, where they're like, I just need answers to these questions, or I need help, or I need to know why my dad left me, or I need to know, like, why my mother did this, or I need to know this, 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 and that, and it's like, some answers you're never going to get, and if you're relying on Getting those answers for you to finally feel key word feel, feel like you can finally move forward or you can finally let go of this baggage that you have. It's not true. You're the only person that's holding on to that baggage. Just just resort to the fact that you're not going to get these answers. And the answers are not important for you to be able to move forward. If you want to know the answers to something that happened in your past, it's the past. And more often than not, it wasn't your fault, whatever happened. So stop looking for answers that you don't even need to move forward. So I just want to start with that since we were talking about this. Well
0: great. Yeah, I mean great piece of advice to to kick off the show and you know what I'm really interested in man is I feel like you have made such a huge career in one of what I believe is probably one of the most difficult industries to make a successful career in. And you know, you didn't have any handouts, you weren't given anything. I feel like it took grit, it took determination, it took hustle and you just set that target and you went for it and attacked it and made it happen by any means. So wow. I would love to start with the beginning of your journey. Like what first sparked in your mind, like you wanted to get into the music career and like, what kind of background do you come from? Where did it all begin?
1: Um, So I was just a lonely kid with no friends, uh, and, you know, a single mom that worked two jobs, um, I was being sexually abused at the time and bullied. And really, my best friend was my radio. So I would just sit in my room all the time and listen to music. And I would just be like mesmerized by like the sounds and the messages and the chords and the melodies. And I just knew like it was it was doing in the at the time you don't realize when you get older, you look back and you're like, it was getting inside me. It was building me, right? And I even have a song I wrote called Everything I Know I Learned From My Radio. Um, and and that's the truth. So it was really kind of my best friend, my escapism. I learned a lot from listening to the lessons that Freddie Mercury would tell me or Michael Jackson or Prince. Um, you know, when I, when I listen to music, I was listening to the messages, which is why even when I write songs now, they have to have substance. I don't just make Empty records that are just like okay, it's got a good melody. No, it has to have like a story that like you can probably maybe even cry listening to. Right, so um, that's what touched me, and it was my way of of building the me because I didn't have any guidance. I didn't have a father figure, a role model, or anybody that was really kind of like guiding me or teaching me how to become a man, how to deal with the things that uh, life has to offer. So all I knew was I was, you know, trying to survive. We were broke. Uh, which caused me to become a, a criminal when I was young. I was being molested, which caused me the the ability of like survival and how to protect yourself. Uh, I was being bullied, so I learned the art of like fast talking and out talking the bully. Uh, so like it's like kind of like Slumdog Millionaire. If you ever seen that movie, um, he had all the answers to the questions because he would just reflect on his life. Um, and when I watched that movie, it resonated so much because it was like that's how I've won in life. It wasn't from a book, it wasn't from advice, it was from, I lived it. So when I got into this situation, this is child's play in business because I've been dealing with this in, real, in the streets. Like I've been dealing, oh, you. Oh, so I have to negotiate, I have to understand what you need to feel in order for this deal to go down the right way, got it. I understand that from being in the streets, I understand how I got to make this bully feel, how I got to make this child molester feel, how I got to make you know my, my father who left us feel, or my mother who, th- like I understood, that everything in life was based around a feeling, right? Like even in sales, like even in the music industry, like you're saying, you're not selling music, you're not selling product, you're not selling merch, you're not selling a service, you're selling a feeling, right, and that's what, that's what everything is. You're selling a feeling. Why does someone need to feel a certain way? How do I make them feel that way? What is it that they need to feel? When you take the time to realize that and care enough to do enough research to know this, you're like 10 times ahead of everybody else that doesn't know it. And I realized that really early in my career, you know, in my book that you were so nice to mention at the beginning, How to Win Big in the Music Business, forward written by Damon John or Shark Tank or FUBU, however you know I'm from. Um, Even though it's the music business, you know, Damon John and Rob Durdick both called me like, bro, why did you call it the music business? This is like How to Win Big at Life. And one of the quotes I want to say in my book is that um, I talk about if you feel triumphant or like you're a winner, because you were able to sell somebody something or convince them to invest in something that didn't have maximum benefit or value for them and now you're like yeah i just made another sale like you know you look at wolf of wall street or you look at all these movies where like these alpha males like feel like triumphant because they just convinced somebody to do something they just made a shit ton more money it doesn't make you a good salesperson it makes you a con man and i've never wanted to be looked at as a con man and i've never tried to sell somebody something The thing about me going back to the feeling is whenever I try to sell something, I get to know the person first. And maybe the thing I have to offer doesn't fit them. I don't still try to sell them on it. I realize by doing my research, this person doesn't need this onto the next person. Right. So, um, yeah, that's how I kind of, my principles and values in life have always been. And I think that's how anybody that really wins aside from you have one category of assholes that just win and we're all over here like, how the fuck does that guy get that position? Or how does he get this? Da-da. And that's a whole another psychological conversation about you know, people that just get ran over and don't know how to stand up for themselves or don't know how to recognize these people and how they're manipulating you and stuff like that. But you get this one half of the world where assholes prevail and they win, right? The dick wins again, right? And then, then you get this other side where they continue to win because they're just good people and they do good business And they know how to treat people well and i would much rather be on this side look if they both can win i don't even care if this side wins more i'd stay over this side all day i i will lose money before i dent my reputation or hurt somebody's feelings and the thing is too is everybody has feelings everybody knows what it feels like to be hurt to be heartbroken to be lonely insecure to have dreams fantasies vulnerabilities everybody knows these feelings so if you know you have these feelings then you got to be cognizant enough to know other people do too right? And if you know you don't like feeling these feelings or there's certain feelings you need to feel, then you you literally figured out the keys to life. Everybody else has these feelings too. Let me be the one that doesn't make them feel this way. Or if it's a good feeling, let me be the person that helps give them this feeling, right? And I think that it's such an easy way to figure out how to help and how to bring good to the world and, and how to uplift other people. Uh, and I think that most people feel that, you know, especially in a negotiation in the business world, in order for me to win, you must lose. Uh, and I think that's the mentality that most people have. And I've always subscribed to, um, if I make you win, that is a win for me. Uh, so that's how I've, I, 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 uh, I subscribe to my entire career. And, and, you know, a lot of people, they just want to be famous for like, I'm the superstar. I did this. I did that. And if I give you any shine, it dims my light or it takes away from the spotlight that should be on me if I'm sharing it with you. And another chapter in my entire book is, famous doesn't make you great, but great can make you famous. Uh, so if you focus on the great part, and you know, not the con man part, not the famous part, not the selling just to sell part. And by the way, you should be selling yourself before you sell the product that you have. When people buy into you, they're more apt to buy anything that you have to sell. So if you focus on on, on just being great, and, and part of being great is treating other people great, uh, then you have a, a long-term career ahead of you because those are the people that sustain um, success.
0: Absolutely. You know, so many of the things that you said I loved and what you just mentioned there at the end, I, I kind of like what I really admire and respect about you is that you've been cool with being more behind the scenes. You know what I mean? Like I have good friends in business who are partnered with two guys. They, have, they run this company called The Lost Breed. These two guys are fitness guys and they're like front line, like all over the social media, all over everything. And my friend is kind of behind the scenes, just controlling the business stuff. Cause that's where he fits. And I right. feel like with you, um, it's cool because like, you know, I mentioned all these big names in the beginning of people you work with and you're good with, you know, being like fit in the role of, you know, where you, you prosper and where you can provide the most value and can you have anything to say on kind of just like just that right there, like being able to suppress your ego to play the best role to make sure everybody wins.
1: Well, I knew early, so kind of connecting to what I was just saying in the, my first spiel uh, uh, is two things I learned to to not have in my bag of attributes was ego and greed, uh, ego and greed because I seen what it does to the other people. I've seen how people act. Uh, when they have those things, I see how they hurt and affect other people. I see how people lose out and opportunities because of it, and then I see it, even how people win with it, but in the long term, run over people, and in the long run, don't win. Um, so, you know, when people, I don't know why this seems so simple to me. Like when I say some of these things, some people are like, then I mean, you make it seem like it's so easy. Like da, da, da. and they and they know nothing about me, so they'll just assume, you know, looking at me that I had certain um, advantages and stuff like that, um, and. Man, it's just so much. Like When I'm I'm thinking, I'm just thinking about so many things. Like, which way do I go? Because I know everything I say. Even when I was writing my book, the hardest part of writing the book was distilling it down to be as small as it is because look how thin this is. It's like a two-hour read, right? And it gives you everything you need to know about how to win big in life, even though it's about the music business, right? And the hardest part is like, I'm so aware of everything that someone could say to oppose what I just said that like, I, I think like this, I don't yeah. think like this. So I know what y'all gonna think, what y'all gonna say, what y'all gonna feel, what y'all gonna disagree with. And I know that as I'm talking. So like, I have to be aware enough to know who's the majority I need to focus on. I can't worry about that one or two people over there that are gonna oppose this right now. I'll get to them later, right? So like, and I, it, it's almost like, it's like being five steps ahead of everybody you talk to and almost being able to know what they're gonna say and you just want to skip to the end of the conversation because I already get it, I don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of this back and forth. I know what you need, I know what you want, I know what you think, let me just get it done, right? So um, I think that's what I've learned early in life and I think that people, back to my point of you know all these feelings that people feel, um, once you understand like feelings in other people, you you figured it out, Mm -hmm. you figured now it's patience. You know what I mean? Now now you just need patience because sometimes people are, you know, they'll jump the gun on stuff. They don't know how to control their emotions. They'll say something insulting or something mean or seem difficult to deal with. And like, that's the, there's one thing of understanding the feeling. Then there's another thing of patience. Then there's another thing of owning and controlling your emotions. And those are like three, if you can possess all three of those powers, you're a superhuman, right? And like, and I'm not calling myself a superhuman, but that's something since I was young, I wanted to control and own, I've been built by design, not by circumstance. And that's how most people lives are built and decisions they make are based off circumstances that mostly are out of their control that happened throughout their life. And now like, you know, they go through their life living a victim or they go through their life, you know, feeling bad for themselves or certain things or you know, stuff like that. And I just refuse to do that. Like, I know what kind of person I want to be. I know the kind of person that helps other people. I know what I don't want to make other people feel. I know what I don't want to be like. Why? Because I cared enough about listening to other people's feelings throughout my life. I cared enough to know girls don't like when guys do this. I cared to know that parents that do that usually result in kids doing this. I cared enough to know, like, you know, being a father or being a brother or being a salesperson or being a business person or being a DJ. Like, look, being a DJ, my job is to evoke emotion, right? My job is to come in there and do something that's not happening or make you feel a way that you weren't feeling prior to me getting in there. So I didn't learn that because I just know music. I didn't learn that just because I'm good at deciding what songs to play next. I understood that way before I was even a DJ. Part of me becoming a DJ was the art of knowing what to make people feel and what kind of songs to make. So I know I keep leaning on the, you know, understanding the psychology of other people and caring enough um about it to kind of cultivate how you're going to interact or, or sell or engage with other people but I'm telling you man I can't stress it enough I feel like for the rest of my life I'll be selling the same sales pitch because it's so powerful and like I continue to win because of it and win in a in a very genuine caring way you know not in a way like look at look how many sales I had because I was able to learn how to dominate sales you know what I mean it's like Yeah, I can dominate in sales. I know that the power I have, I could use for evil. You know what I mean? Like, I know I could be a killer salesperson or I could start some cult or I could start some, you know, um, uh, pyramid scheme or I could start some like, let me show you how to be the greatest salesperson in life and start this whole like conference and start going on tour and and teaching. I know I could do all those things, right? But I also don't want to give that, that power to shitheads. You know what I'm saying? So if I start giving that, if I just start going on a tour and showing you how to sell and manipulate, the moment, I don't know all the people in the audience. I might be giving like the most evil people, the tools to go be more evil, you know what I'm saying? So I don't want to do that. I want to do it for good and I want to contain it. And the people that are close enough to me, the people that want to learn that I want to show and teach them, you know, these ways.
0: It, I, and I feel like everything you say, like I've applied to business. I feel like it's relationships first. It's never sale first. It's never some tactic first. It's always comes down to relationship first. In my industry of network marketing, I mean, people are always looking for like the script or the thing to say or how to close the deal. It's like, just go out there and make genuine friendships with people because people are they're all emotional beings. Like people crave connection. People want to be heard. They want to be uh, feel like there's somebody. And it's like if you Mm -hmm. put them first in the end and if it's the right fit, everything Mm -hmm. comes together. So
1: Well, well, somebody said to me the other day, they go, I feel like you're talking to me the same way you would talk to anybody else. Right. It was somebody I have in my coaching classes. And I said, well, how, do you, how would you like me to talk to you that would make you feel differently than me talking to somebody else? And what makes you think that you're so much different than everybody else that you should have a different style of being talked to, right? Uh, so we had that conversation and this person just kept saying like, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. I feel like you're just trying to push a square in a circle, right? And I always go back and thinking, I don't know, I know you're only like 28, so you might not know this. There's a movie called The Karate Kid right? With, with Mr. Miyagi uh, from the 80s. And Daniel's son's like, can you teach me karate? And he wanted to learn karate for the wrong reasons. He wanted to learn so he can go fight these kids in school that kept picking on him. So he just wanted to know how to beat them up. Miyagi was like, that's not what karate is about. He goes, what do you mean? That's not what it's about. I see people fighting. Blah, blah, blah. And He goes, all right, if you want to learn, come back tomorrow. So he comes back tomorrow. And then he says, here, here's some wax, wax the cars. Here's some paint, paint my fences. He's like, why would I be doing all these chores? So he says, paint the fence, paint the fence. He's showing him how to paint the fence, wax the car, wax the car. So he makes him do it for a week, right? And then at the end of the week, he just keeps like reluctantly, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is stupid. Like this isn't teaching me karate. What's waxing your, your car doing? You know, you just want me to wax your car and paint your fence. This is a jip, right? So he goes, no, one, I'm teaching you discipline, and two, I'm giving you these, these fundamental, uh, uh, um, foundational rules that you need to understand before I can even teach you these things, right? And so then when he ends up going to start punching him, he starts to punch him, he goes, paint the fence, block, 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 right? Goes to punch him again, he goes, wax the car, block, block, block. Inadvertently, he didn't know he was learning how to do exactly what he wanted to do. And that's the problem with most people, especially the young generation now, is they don't understand when you're listening to someone that's done it for years, not someone that's like 22 years old, that's trying to tell you, this is how you can make billions of dollars in life. Like dude, that dude doesn't know he's using things that are tools that are available right now online that can show you ways to like make money in real estate, make money in crypto, make that, but you can also lose big time too, right? To, to build a sustainable, scalable business you must understand the psychological foundations of how to operate like a real leader, right? So, and those things don't just come with somebody giving you one, one book or going to one conference or going to reading one course. It doesn't. You can learn tips that help you on your journey to becoming a master at that, right? But you're not gonna learn it in two, three, four years. It's just not gonna happen. You can... you. Those years are years of learning and making mistakes and fucking up, right? Even longer than that. Most people, you know the saying it takes you know, 10 years for overnight success, like that's, that's true. But now we have this generation that feels like they gotta be a billionaire by 19 or they failed, right? Which is one, or you got people out here online scamming and making you believe that you can become rich overnight and be financially free from doing this, these super easy things from your house, so like, dude, no, it doesn't work. It's not sustainable. You have to be a good person. You have to understand everything from psychology to emotions, knowing when to pivot, how to deal with certain people, how to how to monitor yourself and other people, how to communicate effectively, how to network, right? There's so many skills that you it takes time to learn. That people just look for cheat codes and then when it doesn't work, they blame the good guy that was trying you don't they blame the good guy that was trying to show them the right way. Like imagine if Danielson who was learning from Miyagi was like, this is bullshit, and he left a week later. And then he went to Cobra Kai, right? Like, look what happened to the Cobra Kai kids. You know what I mean? They they lost, because they didn't understand the discipline. They didn't understand the mentality. They didn't understand how to throw a punch and hurt somebody. Okay, cool. That's not how you build and get better at that, right? So the point of me saying that is, you know, people that want to learn um, fast, and they want to learn from, like, if... If Michael, you went to Michael Jordan to teach you how to play basketball, how to, do, how to be deep. Now my, someone like a Michael Jordan, someone like a LeBron, someone like a Kobe, those aren't guys that just go out there and know how to run the place. They understand the business of the sport. They understand the psychology, the mentality, the, the physicality of, they get every aspect of it. They understand how the coach thinks. They understand how the front office thinks. They understand everything, right? So if you just want to be an employee then you're just a regular player, that's out there and if you get hurt you're out right if you want to be a boss and be a leader then you have to pay attention you have to be patient and you have to learn from those that have done the things that you're trying to do and not just fall for people online that tell you they did things that's another thing too man like the internet is full of lies right it's all scams we know that right you got to pay attention to the messenger not the message people are already saying oh man this guy's saying this That guy could be the biggest sucker in the world. That guy could have scammed a million people. That guy could beat his wife. That guy could be a deadbeat dad. That guy could be broke. That guy could be everything that you despise as a person. But because he gave you the right spiel of what you wanted to hear or feel like it's a cheat code or a quick way for you to get to where you want to get to, you're willing to not even look in to see if this guy sucks at life. And you're willing to buy. And then when you lose... Now you you attribute that to every, then you'll come to someone like me and be like, oh, you're a scammer just like that guy. Mm, that's your fault for not doing research. If you wanna be a good leader, if you wanna start a business, you wanna be the boss that you, you're acting like you wanna be, part of being a leader is understanding how to do due diligence and, re- and do research on the people you're gonna do business with or the business moves that you're gonna make. You don't just say, well, I bought this guy's program and he's full of shit. Well, you should have did research on that guy because I could have told you he was full of shit and you would have learned if you just spent two minutes looking into it. So everything's, your wins are from you, your losses are from you. It's up to your decisions that you make and it's up to what you're willing to do and listen to. It's every, every single thing in life is, it falls back on you, everything. You are the business of you, and you are the CEO of you. So you have nobody else to blame. A good CEO and a good leader, when the employees or the company makes a mistake, they acknowledge it and they take ownership. Take ownership of your own mistakes, of your own deficiencies, and of your own missteps and stop blaming other people that scammed you. You allowed them to scam you because you didn't take the time to do research i'm not saying there isn't anybody in the world that did the proper research and didn't still get scammed that's fucking life but i'm saying you got to figure it out and you got to do the research
0: yeah and i I agree with you i feel like taking self-responsibility is the first step to everything too many people are just dishing blame and never turning the finger inward and i'm interested to ask you because i was fortunate enough to get involved in entrepreneurship at age 18 i just turned 28 i'm going on 10 years in and that's what everyone says right you become an overnight success after 10 years and i've had Uh, great wins over the past 10 years, but I can see so much coming together. That's a product of years of compounding of reading books of getting out most importantly, and uh, what you keep referring to, I think going out there taking messy action, failing, learning, pivoting, moving forward and never quitting. But like for you, how long did it take before you looked around and you were like, damn, like this shit is working for me. Like, was there a moment where you felt like it was all coming together? Like how far into your path? Like what was that moment for you where you realized that things were working?
1: I honestly in my career never felt that it wasn't working um because i didn't have metrics of of wins and losses at the beginning i just built a plan stayed focused on it committed to it and if there were things that happened that most people would deem uh, obstacles or issues or haters um i never looked at it as that i looked at it as like it's just part of the forest that i'm walking through right so if there's a rock in the way that i just walk around it if there's a tree then i just walk around it i wasn't like this freaking tree and there's rocks in my way like i never did that so um you know the saying where there's a will is a way and you know even like my, my earliest experience of trying to convince the rock to move if you will um i was in when i was back in boston i was trying to be an artist i was trying to get my music played on the local radio station on emerson radio And I kept bringing my song up. He's like, nah, I'm not feeling this, nah, I'm not. Every week I'd go home, make a new song, bring a new one up, nah, I'm not into this. Bring a new one up, nah, I'm not into this. So then I did exactly what I was just saying. I did research on him, because at that time, I'm still 18. So at that time, I'm just playing what I think is dope and what I think he should be playing, because in my personal taste, it's dope enough for him to play, right? Um, But then when when I kept saying no, I thought to myself, maybe I should listen to what things excite him and what he gets pumped about that he plays on the radio. So I started listening to him when he like, man, this is my favorite song right here, oh no, no. I'm like, got it. So I'm gonna make something with elements that he likes so that I can get through the door. And then once I get through the door, my next thing is to build a relationship with him. Once I build a relationship and he likes me, then I can start reintroducing the stuff that's really what I wanna be playing right so i didn't compromise my whole entire sound to do only what he wanted i just added things strategically that i knew would grab his ear so i did that when i brought that song up he's like now this is the one and it worked bingo so he played it that night new music by my man clinton sparks yo you gotta watch out for this guy he's on the come up did it again gave him another song now it's the second song he's playing that's mine now he wants to be my friend because he's looking at me as an, as an emerging artist that him being a radio guy should be connected to. So now we have a friendship. Hey, this is part of the patience I'm telling you about. You're waiting for it. You're not the second they do something for you, now striking and asking for something. You're not assuming because they did something now that now you can ask for everything that you want. Take it slow, take it easy, plant seeds, let the flower grow, right? So uh, And I do to so this day, I do that. If I know I want to do something with someone six months from now, I'll start a conversation now and I don't even ask them what I want or even lead to that way. Because guess what? Getting to know each other and getting to know them, I might find out this isn't the right move for them. Or I can help, you know, manipulation sounds like such a negative word, uh, but there's an art to manipulating where everybody wins. Sometimes people don't see it, so you have to do it for them. And then at the end result, they're like, man, I would have never thought about that. And technically, yeah, because I had to manipulate you to look this way that you otherwise wouldn't have, right? Um, I hate that that's looked at as a negative word. But like, you got to have the patience to just plant a bunch of seeds. And then before you know it, three over here grew, two over there grew, six over there grew. But people want those, they want to just put water on it, like look there and be like, damn it, it's only been three hours, it hasn't grown yet? And that's what people want with their careers. Um, So that guy ended up becoming like, a super advocate for me. And now I ended up getting to the play, like, look, I know you didn't like some of these songs I played before, but now that you played my other songs, you think you can check them out again. Now he's listening to it from a different perspective because he fucks with me. You know what I'm saying? Like how many people have, let's just take like a a music artist or an actor that you weren't a fan of. Yeah, I don't really like him in his movies. But then you see an interview with him and you hear him talk about something like, oh, this dude's kind of dope. Then all of a sudden now you like his movies. Or like someone's music you didn't like. And then you see something they do or hear them talk about something. And then you're like, oh, or, oh I like this dude a lot now. Now all of a sudden you like his music, right? And it's because you bought into him, right? Or, or the, whoever the person was. And it's the same thing with anything. And even in life, in relationships, like, look, when you go up to... Uh, John, when you're going to talk to a girl, right? you got to think about what would this person want to hear what would make them want to engage with me what would compel them to continue a conversation with me right you don't just walk up and say you're hot want to go home with me like over you know what i'm saying like it's whack you're you're a you're a douchebag right and like and by the way you may learn in five minutes you're not even interested in her coming to your house because she's whack her personality sucks right Right. so it's like she pulls out a cigarette and you're like ah she smokes cigarettes (laughs) like whatever it is right it's like damn you're just basing a decision off how that looks, that means I can come up to you and sell you a one of those cardboard cutout TVs because you're not going to turn it on. You're not going to test it. Here, it looks good. Just buy it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. it's the it's same thing with business, same thing with people and relationships. You to learn about it. It might even be the thing that you want. Or you might find out this person that you just took home is the biggest headache and problem you ever going to have in your entire life. They're burning down your house. They're calling your phone every day. They're calling your ex-girlfriends. They're making you look like you're a bad guy. It's like, you have to do research and you have to look into these things uh, and understand other people, what they want, what they need, not just uh, your own wants and and desires and needs. I know I kind of went all over the place there, but.
0: No, no, it's cool. You know what I think is really cool is that everything you're talking about in the beginning about connecting to people's emotions, connecting with people at just a human level, like you just reaffirmed it with everything you said. And I feel like one of, I think my most respected skills in another person is social acuity, like being able to be in a situation and like read the environment, know what people are looking for, know what people want and be able to act accordingly. And so do you feel like, I mean, you clearly have a talent for all of that and for catering to the psychological needs of other people. When did you realize that you had this skill or is it something you had to work really hard on?
1: Well, I didn't know it was a skill when I was a kid, right? So I, I when I look back, I can see like I've always... uh Thought with care, right? And I've always thought with strategy, um, but I think it wasn't. To be honest, I didn't really realize how how valuable or powerful um, the category of the way I think is um, until about five or six years ago. Um, yeah, but up until then, I used, I used to baffle. It used to baffle me. I'd be in meetings with like you know, powerful executives, and I'd sit there like, oh my God, this is like so dumb. Like, why are they doing this? Or like, this, how did this guy get this job? Or I'd sit there like, dude, it's such, uh, this is such a no-brainer, you guys should be doing it this way. And I I would never understand why other people didn't understand what I understood, right? And it, it just took a long time to realize like, oh, because this is the other thing too, like, the way I grew up, I grew up feeling unworthy and unloved, right? So, you know, there's that, there's that mechanism to my operating system too. So when I'm over here thinking a certain way, there's no way I have the ability to look at myself and think I'm special. I have a unique way of thinking because I don't, I never thought I was special. Like people think I'm more awesome than, than I think I am of myself. Right. So that would, it took, it took a lot of kind of lifting myself up to kind of shake myself like, dude, you're fucking dope. Like how do you not see this yet? Like, all you do is put wins on the board. All you do is help other people win. When are you gonna snap out of this like, oh, you know, whatever, I'm just doing it, from, you know, just just being cool, man, just a guy from Dorchester, just trying to get people familiar. Like, that's what I've been saying my whole career, not realizing the magnificent power that I possess. And again, I don't possess it because it wasn't just a gift. It was, I, I built it by design, not by circumstance, because I give a fuck. You know what I mean? So, and, and that's how I built myself to be the caring, understanding, you know, you know, a guy that's focused on resolution and listening to other people and communicating and no one went to shut up and let somebody else talk, know what they need to say. And, you know, like I, I'll give a quick example. Uh, it would be a really long story to tell you the whole thing, but the end, uh, my father calls me, um, who was like, uh, uh it might be out of context if you don't know the whole story. Anyways, he just called to, like, vent about something one day that I totally disagreed with. Uh, And I just thought it was really bizarre. And then I just let him say what he had to say. You know, most people, when they disagree, they jump in, right? Or they try to check you, like, well, that's not true. Or, well, I don't know why you'd say that. Or, that's not what I said. And, like, you know, people always want to, like, endorse themselves, right? Uh, And, you know, you got to know when sometimes... What's more important, that person feeling good where you can move forward together or you trying to make yourself feel good about yourself. Mm. If you're already happy inside, if you already know that you're dope, you don't have to like put it out there to endorse yourself. Like you're just fucking comfortable with you already. So when someone's like, "No, cuz you did this and, and you did that and, and I don't like the way it's this," and then you can listen and soak in you be like, "Okay, I just learned how another personality operates." now i know how to deal with this kind of personality you don't let somebody else's emotions dictate how you're going to react look at when you decide what type of person you want to be in life no person and no action should ever waver you from that person you decided to be and if they can if somebody can evoke your emotion to do things that are irrational uh or or disrespectful then you really don't have control of yourself uh so you didn't really make that final decision of who you're going to be because you're letting that person determine who you're going to be today um so you know when when, I, when someone else has something rude to say or disrespectful you know i just i just hear them out and i say all right well i heard you out are you done and then when they're done i'm like well here's where i differ and now i already know these persons these people don't have my ability they're going to do the very thing that i didn't do and they're going to jump in in the middle of everything that i say so you have to learn how to be super concise to the point and be willing to walk away. Because sometimes these arguments or these debates aren't even worth having with that person. And more often than not, I just I I determined just leaving it alone for those type of people, it just goes away. Because those people don't know how to sort it out, they don't know how to get to a resolution, and they certainly don't know how to have a mature, sophisticated conversation with you to find common ground. So what that type of personality typically does they vent, they go off, they go crazy, give them a day or two, it's like it never happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's not worth even trying to convince them or, well, no, this is why if you didn't do this and da 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 it's just like, that's who they are. The same way you've built who you are is the same way they've built who they are. That's who they're going to be. You can't change them just like I just advised you not letting somebody change you when you decide to be a, a, a more steady, level-headed person.
0: 100%. And you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear this as well, because I feel like a lot of the adversity I experienced growing up, I'm grateful for it in many ways. And I, you keep saying this, like you're not built off circumstance, you're built off decision. I feel like it's design, a design, 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 design. design. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like what you go through, it's up to you to kind of look at that and take what you will moving forward to build your character, the decisions or design you make going forward. So would you consider yourself... Kind of grateful for the adversity you went through growing up in, yeah. in any way, anyway.
1: yeah. Yeah. So yeah, when people complain about you know the stuff they went through and how it affected them and uh, how they still carry around with them, I'm like, dude, you you got trophies, like you got you got experience other people didn't get that was should now make you stronger, uh, and, and yeah, man, like. I hate when people look at it like, well, I went through this and I went through that, like it's a bad thing. Like, dude, that's look at what I went through is not dope that I went through, but the results of what I gained from it and learned from it, because I cared to gain and learn from it, um, have given me more superpowers than somebody else would have that didn't go through that. Somebody else that had two parents, had a good life, you know, you know, dad was around, you know, they could buy things when they wanted to, and had food on the table and, you know, didn't have issues that somebody else did. They're not going to understand a kid that was like, you know, eating saltines and mustard packs that he was asking to take from like a a sub shop, right? They're not going to understand a kid that would sleep on the train because he just wanted heat. So he'd sit by the back thing where the heater is so he could stay warm. Like they don't understand. They don't understand how you had to do shit like that to survive. To them, it's just a movie. It's a story. It's I've heard that before. We've become so immune to like, people's like, you know, hardships coming up. that I think people that didn't have those hardships almost like pawn them off as like, they're not even real because you've heard them so much. It's like, you know, there was a point where if somebody died in America, like 25 years ago, it'd be on the news and we'd be like, oh my God, that's horrible. Now it's just like on Instagram, we're watching people get beheaded. And it's mm. just like, you know what I mean? you're just like, oh shit, you see that girl get her head cut off? And they just move on to go look at a meme. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. like, we're so desensitized from like people's hardships and people's feelings and like the bad things that go on in the world that, it's like, I don't, there's not even like real and fake anymore. It's just fucking, everything's a lie. So, which is another reason why I'm so uh, adamant and conscious about sticking to who I am, doing the right thing. I never, dude, I never have to worry about anything because I never lie, right? I never scammed anybody, so I never have to worry about somebody complaining or coming at me or talking shit. However, we also live in a world now where someone can just not like the way you look, right? And just make up a lie about you. And then the rest of the fucking sheep who don't know you, don't know your story, now just say, oh, I heard that guy did this bad thing. Again, not doing their research. Going through life, just being led around by lies, and people who have agendas and to be honest, John, I don't know if we're just seeing it now because social media or the internet and social media helped cause even more, but like, dude, mental health is such a rampant thing that it's, when I say scary, I don't want to say that to those people that are are suffering from it and trying to regulate it and monitor it. But like, it's a scary thing in the sense that like there's a lot of people that have mental health issues that are not being controlled, that are not being uh, served, and that are just running around causing chaos because of the mental uh, ability to understand logic and, and rational rationality and, and make sense of, you know what I'm saying? And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like I, I'll give you an example. There's one guy that, you know, started stalking me. He went to jail. I never even met the guy. I've never met him in life. And... You know, he went to jail twice because because he kept, he showed up at my house, show up at my work, like threatened me. And it's like, when they finally got him at, at, at jail, they're like, what's wrong? Like, why do you keep bothering him? Why are you doing this? And again, I've never even met this guy. So we don't even have a relationship where like he feels like I did him wrong or something. Um, he just said, I don't like him because he's a liar. And they're like, well, what did he lie about? and they're like he lied about having back surgery which
0: <laughs> Here's the proof of my back surgery. Well, confirm if you're listening to the audio, there he he showed the scars there.
1: Right, which I have a friggin' divot in my back from spinal surgery and what was the other thing? Uh, I think he said he lied about his age or something something like that. Something something just so trivial and like nonsensical. And you're like, "What?" And they were like, "Even if he did, what does it have to do with you?" right? And like, he showed up at my house to kill me. I don't even know this guy. Like, it was so bad that when they had a trial, his court appointed lawyer came into the conference room and was like, yeah, we have to postpone this because I don't even know what he's talking about. He's not even making sense to me. However, when he got diagnosed by the mental health uh, people, experts, they were like, he's totally fine. So like, people aren't caring enough. I mean, you can can go to this guy's Instagram alone and say, well, something's wrong with this guy, right? It's just clear to see. And everybody could see it except the actual people that would assess him. So now now he's out again. So, you know, it's been a year. He was in for a year and then he came out. It's been a year since he's been out. And now it's like, you know, I literally moved. You know what I mean? Bought a bigger house with a bigger gate. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, I don't know, like I got a family, I got kids. I don't know this dude. I go through my whole life doing right by people doing the right thing. And then still somebody wants to do me wrong. I don't understand it. Uh, but anyways, the point is, yeah, man, like that's, that's the mental health stuff that, you know, we have to be cognizant of too. Cause you know, we also go through life, you know, all the things that I've been saying throughout this whole interview, you go through thinking the person you're talking to, you know, you guys both have the same kind of common sense knowledge of understanding the world and you also a whole nother obstacle you got to think about is this person might might not be mentally sound right so you're like trying to knock down a brick wall with snowballs and it's never going to happen
0: yeah it's wild man that's a that's a crazy story first of all i'm glad you're you're good and you're safe and that situation was taken uh taking control of to the extent it was but yeah, man, it, it is a crazy world we're living in. And I think with social media, it changes. It, it's interesting you said like before how you don't know if social media has escalated or put a spotlight on it or enhanced it by any means. But it sure seems like it, man, because I feel like a lot of kids, like I have younger brother and sister, and I feel like them growing up in their gen- generation is just worried about things that just didn't even cross my mind growing up. It you know? doesn't and matter. Yeah, it doesn't they, matter. They, they just aren't a big deal. So yeah, it's, that, that's a crazy point. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. So two more things to ask you, Um, I feel like, you know, you've done so much, you've accomplished so much. I think a lot of people in your position would be like happy where they're at, you know, like content. Um, What keeps you pushing for more? Cause you're working on so many projects like you getting on this podcast. I'm so appreciative for just moving forward and and getting your message out there and starting new things. What keeps you moving forward and driving towards more?
1: Uh, Cause there's always more greatness to be, to be done. Uh, So I really get excited about uh, creating new opportunities, creating new ideas, uh, connecting cultures, uh, building new businesses and brands that benefit other people, um, helping to show other people the way and the path and the the knowledge that I have that I like to share. So um, that's what gets me excited, man. And like, you know, I have two, I have a 17 year old son, but now I have a two year old daughter and I'm about to have a son. Uh, in a couple months. So, Congrats. you know, I want to help contribute to, thank you, I want to help contribute to building, you know, my 17-year-old son is a, is a phenomenal dude. Like, I couldn't have built a better, well, I did build him, uh, but like, I couldn't have like wished for a better person, right? And I want to be able to teach my other kids like how to, to show them the world and be able to say, look at this and show them like, what to watch out for, what to worry about, what not to worry about, what to hold value to, what not to hold value to. Um, And I don't teach my kids um, by dictating to them or talking at them. I teach them by example. Um, So that's what I intend to do and that's what I get excited about every day is knowing that I can help build more awesome people, whether it's my kids or it's other people that are aspiring artists or entrepreneurs or people that work with or for me. Um, I wanna be someone, when I die, I want people to be like, he was a dope dude man. he really helped and he made other people happy. And like the more people I can make happy and help to discover how to become more successful, whether that's, you know, financially, business, or even just internally, you know, you know emotionally and personally, then that's, that's what I want. The number one thing I want my son to say when I die is my dad was the funniest guy. He made me laugh more than anybody else. That's all I care about.
0: Great goal. I love that. Um, and lastly, so on this show, I kind of explained to you before we got going, how it's all about unconventional education. And for me, I found, you know, I'm only 28, but the success I've had so far, I attribute it to experience I've had outside of traditional school. So I think I might have an idea of what your answer might be, but for you and your career so far, what do you think is the most important thing you've learned outside of traditional school that's led to your success?
1: Everybody matters. Um, most people kind of like, you know, the theory when you're in a room talking to somebody and there's a bunch of people in there and you see them looking around, like who's more important than you to talk to, you know what I mean? Like it even starts in school, you know what I mean? Like, who's the cooler kid I could talk to right now? Who's the prettier girl I could talk to right now? And that's like, everybody matters. Everybody's the pretty girl. Every, everybody's the winner. So when you go through life treating everybody like that, man, you, you feel so much better. You feel happier. You make genuine, real connections and friendships. And people remember that, man. People remember how you made them feel, you know? Um, and I can't tell you the amount of people that I didn't even know I was affecting in a positive way throughout my career that fast forward five, 10, 15 years later, they're the head of that, or they're connected to this. So they manage that. And and now they want to do something for me. that I don't even need them to do anything, but they're like, I want to do this for you because i'll never forget how you did this or how you paid attention to me or how you gave me advice when you didn't need to and it's like if you just keep spitting out goodness it's all going to pay off but the problem is most people don't have the patience or want that they want to win overnight so they don't want to wait for the they don't want to wait for the the comeback to the goodness that you put out you want to immediate uh roi instant gratification on on your dopeness people want roi on their dopeness immediately dopeness doesn't give immediate roi dopeness Mm -hmm. needs time to grow it needs time to to nurture and it needs time to spread so just keep being dope
0: love that man love that delayed gratification is everything that's where the most i feel like amazing things in life happen come from as a result of delayed gratification so Clinton, man, I can't thank you enough for getting on today where like anything you want to mention that you're working on next. Where where's the best place for people to go to connect with you? Um, Where can people find you?
1: Well, all my socials are at Clinton Sparks, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, at Clinton Sparks. Um, My book, How to Win Big in the Music Business is also available in my link tree and my link on, on my socials. Uh, you know, the best $7 you'll ever spend. I don't care if you're a, a gamer, an influencer, a podcaster, a DJ, a producer, a singer, a rapper, entrepreneur, whatever it is, this book will give you principles and values that are transferable to any of those industries. It's not just music. Um, and also, I currently am the owner of um, the, the world's fastest growing esports and gaming lifestyle brand. It's called Exet, as you mentioned earlier, boom, Exet. Get familiar right there. We just signed Ozuna, Ezekiel Elliott, Sway Lee, Quality Control Music. A lot of big things happening with us. So if you're into the gaming space or eSports or you want to get more familiar with it, uh, be sure to follow us at Xset uh, on all socials as well. John, thanks so much for having me on here, man. I appreciate what you're doing for everybody. I, much respect and congratulations to you and your journey and your success. Uh, I see the hustle prevails on your chest. Yes, uh, and and I, I, I I endorse that message. And I appreciate, you know, what you're doing and you seem like you're one of the good ones that are out here doing it for, uh, sincerely trying to help other people as well as doing the right thing by building your own business. So I applaud you.
0: I need to get that soundboard, man, but I appreciate you as well, Clinton. And guys, if you're listening and you got value from today's episode, all we ask is just share this episode with a friend, someone who could benefit from hearing Clinton's message. I know I learned a fuckload on this podcast just listening to him, and I'm sure that you guys did as well. So just pay this forward. Uh, Clinton, thank you again, and we will see everybody on the next episode. Later, guys.
1: Get familiar.